0: One small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. Columbia, Columbia.
1: Welcome back to the Knicks Wall at the Buzzer podcast. The Knicks just had an electric victory over the Los Angeles Lakers. The final score was 106-100 in the Knicks' favor. My name is Joshua Richards, and I'm here with Dean Joannou, Patrick Diaz, and Candice Pajaza. Dean, what are your takeaways from this first half that you saw from the Knicks?
2: Best start of the season, hands down everything was clicking, everything was clicking offensively. Clearly it's been a point of emphasis before the game during practice shoot around to get that ball moving. And, uh, like I was doing highlights tonight and it was really a pleasure to be able to, to highlight some plays where the Knicks swung it from, you know, one corner all the way to the other collapsed the defense and and got some open corner threes. That was a big part of getting Evan Fournier going. We're going to talk a lot about Evan Fournier tonight, 26 points. And, um, you know, the Knicks desperately need him to start rounding into form. He doesn't have to be a superhero every night like he was tonight, but, you know, six of nine from downtown, eight of 14 from the field. Most importantly, Tibbs trusted him to play 42 minutes, 41-54. Um, so there's, there's a lot to touch on tonight. And uh, let's see where this conversation takes us. Of course, I'll be top and lead and plus minus. Again, But you know, that's my guy.
3: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was—I thought it was, thought it was a, a all a good all-around team game. Everybody, everybody showed up. Three, this game, three starters actually scored in double digits, so that was good. RJ was really efficient, shooting eight for four, hit um, three threes, seven uh, seven uh, rebounds. So it was a a pretty solid game for the starters, which is really good to see going into the next matchup. You know, maybe they can get something cooking. Um, yeah, like what I saw, like Dean said from Obi, he, um, I guess Stibbs is, um, giving him, um, I guess he's looking to give him some more time because he played 22 minutes. And like you said, he let the team in plus minus, uh, 12 points there. He had a nice little mid-range, um, in the, what was it? The third quarter, I think, or fourth quarter, I think it is over AD. I think it was, um, so pretty calmly.
2: He wasn't worried about that at all. He got right into yeah. it with, with swoosh.
3: Yeah, it was nice and wet, right? It was a nice, a nice wet shot. Like, nothing but net. Um IQ, again, of course, you know, all reliable with the threes. Got uh, got some nice bounces on a couple of those shots. Um, and unsung hero Alec Burks, again, coming through in the fourth. So, yeah, just a solid, solid team game. We got... Uh, uh, Taste of the rookie, Quentin Grimes out there. Hopefully he can get a little bit more time next time. But, uh, yeah, um, I'm very happy with the with, with how the team played tonight.
2: Just real quick, you said uh, unsung hero Alec Burks. I like to be on the record to say that he should be sung hero Alec Burks. Oh, yeah. Praises. That was my guy. Yep. I'm so happy they re-signed him. I'm so happy they didn't take for granted what he did. I stand by giving him, you know, it was basically the same deal that the Mavs uh, gave Bullock. I stand by picking Alec Burks in that situation 10 times out of oh, 10. Oh, yeah. So yeah, happy, yeah, man. yeah.
3: Well, I'm let, right there with let me, you. Let me read I'm this Alec right Burks' first. I love Burks. Um, he, last season, he, I mean, he just, you know, just picked it right up this year. You know, just they call his number, like you said. Um, he's a hooper, you know, and he whenever his tips it, calls his number, he's right there.
1: Yeah, but let, me, let me just read Alec Burks' outline real quick. 12.6 rebounds, three assists, two steals four of 10 from the field. Um, not not great, but like one of three from three. I remember he had like that one like reverse layup and I'm like, this is not Alec Burks. Like he used to break those all the time last year. So it's good to see his finishing increasing. But talking about that first half, um, it was amazing. We went off to like a 10-0 run in the first, uh, like whatever, two minutes of the game. Lakers had to call a call timeout. Evan Forney hit those tough away shots, hit a nice um, catch and shoot shot as well. See Randall taking it to strong to the basket, RJ hitting those early um catch and shoot threes. It was just an all-around great game to see them getting that offensive flow. Candice, what were your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I mean, I want I'd love to continue the uh just praises of Alec Burks really quickly. Um, the fact that he stepped up and I feel like he was the primary playmaker tonight was with Derek Rose out with, with his you know ankle issues, choose. Like, I wasn't expecting Burks to really be that primary ball handler. I was really expecting IQ to step up and I was expecting more minutes for um, Fournier and RJ at the two as well. But I mean, he was just great. Like The assists don't show it, but I feel like he was really facilitating a lot more for the team. He was keeping up with the pace also with the rest of the bench, which is something invaluable that I feel like Derrick Rose brings to the team as well. So I really love Alec Burks' contributions tonight. Even if the numbers don't reflect it, if you watch the game, you know that he was just solid all around. Um, That being said, in the first half, you know, I love what the starters brought. I will, you know, eat crow and I will admit that Evan Fournier had a great game. (laughs) So, you know, I'll be the, that I feel like people are already going to start to come for me because I made a questionable tweet the other day, but that's neither here nor there. But Evan Fournier, he was fantastic tonight. Um, I wish that I could have seen more from him defensively. Um, And that's something that I feel like not a lot of people have been bringing up um, in their praises of Fournier tonight. He could have been a lot better closing out on three-point shots as per usual. But I think that the Knicks defense did start to fall apart a little bit uh, towards the end of the second quarter and their offense just totally sputtered out against that zone defense from the Lakers. I
2: think a game like tonight reminds us just how much the starters have been lacking because again, they're not, I don't think they have the potential to be quite as good as a defensive unit uh, as that unit from last year, but they also were playing pretty terribly offensively when it comes to cohesiveness and moving the ball. And so just them finally putting together a game and a performance where they seemed in sync, um, you know, that covers up a lot. They're not going to be perfect on the, obviously would like to see more from Fournier. Uh, on that end but they really um they really impressed me tonight and I genuinely think it's something that they're going to build on um I don't want to be cynical in any way I really think they could build on it and another thing I would love for them to build on is uh, getting Obi Top in minutes with Julius Randle um they were both good independently tonight when they weren't on the court together when they were on the court together I thought it looked great and I know they might not uh, fit. I know that the rotation might be kind of difficult to figure out for Tibbs. It's, it's a little challenging, but like in a game like tonight on national TV, everybody watching like all eyes on the Knicks, it's very plainly clear that Obi Toppin is you know, one of the better players on this team, one of the best players on this team. They took him eighth overall last year. And I don't think it's Obi versus Julius Randle in any way. They're just both really good. The Knicks need to win games and they need to invest and the guys that they invested in and and double down on that.
3: Yeah, I, um, I come. Oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, no, I'm sorry. I know. I was just going to say, like, I really like how much Tibbs trusted Obi um, down the stretch with Julius specifically, especially when Noel just started to make stupid mistakes on the defensive end. And then also, I think he pulled him immediately just after missing a layup, after missing that layup he fouled one of the Lakers players who was getting the rebound off of him and Tibbs just immediately pulled him and, you know, plugged in Obi. And I loved that trust that he had in him and in that small ball lineup. So I feel like we are seeing some progress when it comes to Tibbs being less stubborn with his lineups and needing a block, a shot blocker every time they're on the court. And I just, it, it worked. It worked fantastically tonight, especially since they were down like so many centers and just, you know, trusting Obi is just a great sign to see.
3: Yeah, um, I agree with both of you guys. Um, it's great to see Obi um getting more and more more and more time. And like Dean said, like, you know, you invested in this kid, you know, you took him with the eighth overall pick. Just let him run. You're gonna get something out of Obi every time. So it's important to, you know, trust him and just let him contribute to the team. Like. He comes in the game and you always get something out of him. So it's important that he gets more time, especially if, if guys are gonna start missing time. Um, Obi's gonna be right there. And, you know, like this is his sh- this has to give him his shot, you know. Like just listen, if 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 we're gonna be down a couple guys a night, um, just throw Obi in there and see what he does, you know. And he hasn't disappointed yet. And he he's been great all season. Obi's been great all season along with IQ, you know, just it, the way Thibs trust IQ later in games and things like that just throw Obi in there like when Julius got into foul trouble Obi came right in the game, held it down, you know, and they closed out the game and it was great. So, yeah, I'm I'm come I'm 100% with you guys just keep feet keep keep bringing Obi in and just keep letting him do his thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, me and Dean were kind of talking about The OB situation a little bit earlier on Twitter before the game and it's just amazing to see his progression from you know last year where he'd be on the court for some moments and he's not producing at all so just seeing him this year being able to cut baseline so well and drive to the basket so efficiently and just seeing that proven around the rim um, it's just amazing to see that progression and we need to find time for him on the court like he's being such a productive player this season and You know, I know that sometimes he still has weaknesses where he's not the best defender around the room and he kind of struggles with with, uh, getting getting those double teams and making those reads sometimes, even though he's a pretty good passer in general. But, you know, Tibbs has to find some time to make this offense a little more um, complex so that you can involve Randall and Obi in those situations.
3: Yeah, I just want to add real quick to that. Um, Obi is always going to hustle because... um, I don't I don't remember if he missed a layup or maybe a shot um, and he was behind the play when the Lakers were coming back up the court and he came and he got the defensive rebound. So those are the like the little things that you get from OB Topper. So it's like those things. I hope the coaching is noticing that because like you're getting that from him all the time. Obi, Obi's engine never stops.
2: Yeah, I know the play that you're talking about. Uh, Obi caught it in transition. I was hoping for a highlight play. Uh, He ended up with, like, a running floater in the lane over a a smaller guy. I can't remember who it was, but I thought maybe there was contact. Maybe there was a foul. Obi missed it back rim, and the Lakers catch the rebound, and they come down in transition. Obi sprints back like he tends to do, just sky high for the rebound, secured it, and that was that. Like, he's not... um, He's not getting in his head when he has any struggles. Like if, you know, last year we hadn't seen much from him. And like, you know, he would airball a three-pointer and be like, oh damn, like I hope this is not messing with his confidence. Like, we really want this kid to get going. And like this game, I think his first shot attempt from the from the left corner, all air. And I was like, doesn't matter. Like, I don't, you know, doesn't matter. He missed the three. Doesn't matter how he missed it. He's still gonna keep coming at them. And he did that. And uh like we were discussing uh, right before we started recording, it's quietly a a pretty good game for RJ Barrett. He was four for eight from the field and three of five from downtown. Um, You know, the story of the night was Evan Fournier. Emmanuel quickly was the story of the fourth quarter. And I think that that can be really good for RJ um, to, you know, quietly get back on track, hopefully take this with him into the next game and just grow that confidence again. Not that I think he lost confidence, but to get back into a rhythm, because like we saw earlier this year, he could shrink together a bunch of games in a row shooting, like, you know, scoring more than 20 points a game with a great defense. Like sometimes I feel like it's easy to forget just how good he can be. And there's a few guys on this team who uh, they just haven't always been playing at the peak of their powers including Randall, you know, Randall's been playing better recently, but we forget how good some of these guys are when they're at their best. And if we get a couple of those guys at their best, like RJ, like Randall, like Fournier, hopefully like Kemba Walker, I think that this is a much better team maybe than we realized.
1: Yeah, for sure. But just touch on Kemba a little bit more. Um, I think he had a decent game all around, um, scoring into the basket. At times, but, you know, stat line was six points, four rebounds, five assists on two of six from the field. Didn't make a three at all today. Uh, I feel like he was pretty good at moving the ball in that first half. But I really feel like he struggled towards that third quarter. And I think we should really talk about that third quarter in depth. This really um, notified the Knicks struggles because even though there was a six-point game they won, they were up by about 23 points at one point in this game, man that third quarter really displayed a lot of those Knicks struggles that we've seen in previous games where they're not trying as well. I feel like Kimball Walker... Gosh,
3: cutting up a little bit. Look, um, the last thing we heard was 23 points. After that, um, after after you said that the Knicks had the lead, uh, 23-point lead, um, that's where it started to cut up. So, you know, if you want to start off from there.
1: Yeah, you could probably even –
2: you were talking about the third quarter in Kemba, so probably uh, easiest to start from there, yeah.
0: All right, I'll just just start back up. Yeah, but if we
1: could talk about the third quarter a little bit, uh, I think this is around where the game started swinging in the Lakers' favor a little bit. The Knicks were kind of lackadaisical on the offensive end. You see moments where Kemba Walker was getting stripped by Avery Bradley and, you know, fouling on the other end. And you could just see the the wear and tear on these Knicks where they look like they don't want to be in the inside the ball game. And it was, you know, reminiscent of a lot of those previous games where we've seen from the Knicks where they, you know, that that cardiac, you know, tearing down then in, in that in that third quarter from the Knicks end. You know it's kind of dreadful you kind of felt like the Lakers might have took a lead in that point you know on the broadcast you have Reggie Miller talking about how the Knicks are might lose his game or he's kind of rooting for the Lakers kind of hearing in his tone but you know Dean what were your thoughts from that third quarter from the Knicks
2: so in that third quarter as traumatized as I am from past third quarters I never was that worried um you know, throughout the game, like the, Knicks, the Knicks opened up a 25 point lead and the Lakers chipped away at it. I didn't think that the Knicks collapsed. Now, I wasn't happy with how they played when they were blowing the lead. But, um, yeah, like we were saying about Kemba, I think he's, he started to press a little bit. I think when the ball movement started to die down a little, he was trying to do some stuff and he's got Avery Bradley on him. I think Avery Bradley might be a, a little overrated in his defensive reputation, but he was hounding Kemba, and uh, he's strong. Avery is strong, and um, things were starting to devolve a little bit. I thought maybe Tibbs went with the starters a little too long in that third quarter. Um, but starters never, to my knowledge, they never lost the lead. I think it got back down to a tie. And so going into the fourth with a two-point lead, I was pretty confident that that bench unit would take care of business, and the starters were playing well enough to come back and rest it and, and take care of it. And it might've been the first play of the fourth quarter, but it was early on in the fourth quarter. Uh, Alec Burks was controlling the ball, just kind of prodding, waiting for something to happen. I saw Obi in the corner. and I'm thinking, I feel like Obi can get open on this play. Obi cuts hard. Burks finds him for a big dunk. I felt like that really stabilized the Knicks and uh, reminded them that, um, you know, that that unit is a unit that usually takes care of business. And uh, that was one of the rare times that Reggie Miller gave us some credit. Reggie Miller was saying, I think Kevin Harlan said that uh, that was a great pass by Burks. And then Reggie Miller said uh, that was an even better cut by Obi Toppin.
3: Yeah, that was... um, Oh, go ahead, Candice. Go ahead. (laughs)
0: Sorry. Uh, No, I was just going to say that I was really looking forward to this matchup specifically just because I feel like the Lakers and the Knicks are so similar in their transition from last season where both have pretty high expectations for themselves the league definitely had much higher expectations for the Lakers coming into this season of course because they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis and now they have Russell Westbrook as well all super high caliber players um, last year both teams were very highly rated defensively um, the Lakers had a little bit more offensive power last year than and the Knicks. And this year it was pretty much expected to be the same type of defensive rating for both teams. But as it turns out, the Knicks have a better offensive rating than defensive this season. Um, And same goes for the Lakers where their defense just dipped completely. And so I was just really interested to see the matchup because I just wanted to see like those tiny differences in the defensive effort from the Lakers and from the Knicks this game. And I feel like the Lakers defense from last year really started to pop out in the third quarter. Um, and I think that's what really just got the Knicks down a little bit, but I never felt like, like you said, Dean, that it was going to end up being one of those like third quarters of doom for the Knicks. It just felt like, all right, the Lakers are stepping it up now and they realize that this is like a serious game. We're going to try a little bit harder to make you work for these points. But, you know, obviously the Knicks bench as usual, just really held it down.
3: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> speaking of the third quarter, um, it, it continues to be the boogeyman for the Knicks. Um, I think the Lakers started on like a nine Oh run um, and Russell Westbrook went off. Um, and like, I think Dean mentioned it. I feel like they let the, let the starters go a little too long in the third quarter. I felt like um, maybe they should have took them out when the Lakers were starting to get hot. Um, luckily the Knicks didn't give up the lead. Um, the most, they did give up was the, um they just let the game the game get tied, but um like like usual, the 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 bench came in and just calmed things down. And um yeah, just just got it tying up in the third quarter. It's just it, it's just it's crazy how it just continues to happen in in games. Like the third quarter just I don't, like the Knicks just come out sloppy and like they, I I guess they fall back a little bit or, or sag off. But like the Lakers were, were out of control. Westbrook went off for 18 in that quarter alone. So um, it's just, just that third quarter. Good thing. It's good that the Knicks built that, that insane lead early because um, the Lakers won the third and uh, the second and third quarter scoring wise. So, you know, the Knicks are starting to break down a little bit there, but um, they held their own and, um, they 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 got out of it. So I mean, I guess that's that's what's important. But um as far as um Bibbs, I I feel like he he needs to like pull the plug on the starters when they're um slacking in the third quarter.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think Tibbs could definitely make some adjustments in that third quarter, but you gotta give credit to Tibbs and for what he did in that fourth quarter, especially with leaving IQ and Obi inside the game for such a long time. I think we I think we touched on that earlier about how IQ's play, but he was electric in that fourth quarter. Sorry. Repeat that? Oh, we lost you with the clipping, All if right, you want to start. Again. Yeah, for sure. So I do think that Tibbs could could have made some better adjustments in that third quarter, but we have to give cred, credit to Tibbs for what he did in that fourth quarter with leaving IQ and OB in the game for so long. Um, we touched on it earlier, but IQ's ability to hit those three-pointers in that fourth quarter were huge for us to help us push us back into the lead, especially when the Lakers are trying to make that late game run. Um, Obi Toppin was given infectious energy the entire time he was on the floor. And you know what? Kenneth touched on it earlier. Alec Burks holding down those point guard responsibilities in that fourth quarter and just having Evan Fournier on the floor in that fourth quarter was huge, especially not being able to see that in previous games.
2: I think we should talk about the Knicks' next game. Because I don't know if you guys realize this, but the Suns are streaking. Uh, The Suns have won 13 straight games. And last year on April 27th, last season, April 27th, 2021, the Knicks had a nine-game winning streak that was snapped by the Phoenix Suns. So I haven't seen too much talk about this, but I I feel like this is destiny. Just destiny. You have to win this game. I would be over the moon if they won this game. That would be a signature win. It's time to end that sun streak. And I think that the Knicks can do it. I really do.
0: Well, I mean, they play up to competition. So I'm, I'm, I think it'll probably be a fantastic game. And I mean, Phoenix is scary to me. Um, I was able to tune into a game recently this past week when they played the Spurs yesterday, I believe. And I mean, they're, they're a tough group. I mean, they know that they're good especially Devin Booker. He's just like lights out from deep all of a sudden. So, I mean, I'm just really looking forward to it. But like I said, they always play up to their competition. So I think that there's, I'm, I'm going to stay optimistic. I feel like there's a really good shot that they play spoiler and, and take them out, take out that winning streak. I really hope so.
1: Man, if the Knicks could come away with this win against the Suns, the hot Suns, I think they're on, might be a, a 13 or 14 game win streak at this point. After they started the game, I think it was like a one and three. And that's amazing, especially just to, you know, start winning off that this early inside of the season. Um, You know, they broke our one streak, like Dean said, last season. So this is kind of destiny. I, this one of those teams, like, I feel like we could win, but like, I would not be surprised if we lose by 30, just especially though the starters come off to a really poor start. But, you know, they always put up to the competition. So I'm really optimistic for this game. Julius Randle should have a good game. I don't know who's going to be defending him. It might be Cam Johnson. Hopefully, he doesn't take that matchup too personally. He can probably get his buckets on him, but they'll probably have in you know, kind of trailing him in the paint for time. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But hopefully, we can get away with the win. Patrick, any final thoughts?
3: Yeah. Um. On the Suns. Um. Uh. Yeah. I. Uh. It's good that the Knicks got into a groove tonight. You know and they show that how the starter, like how they can hum when the starters are um, playing well. Um, hopefully, um, the Knicks have the next two days off, so hopefully um, that won't affect them too much. Um, hopefully, the fresh legs uh, will be a plus for the Knicks on that side, and hopefully they they get some of a, the guys that that missed some time, so they have some reinforcements reinforcements going into that game because the Suns are a tough group. So um, hopefully Fournier can keep it going. RJ can uh, build on what he did tonight. Um, And uh, just the bench keeps holding it down.
1: Yeah, for sure the bench will be crucial in that game. But thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Knicks Wall at the Buzzer podcast. It was an electric win tonight. And, you know, hopefully we can carry this momentum onto the Phoenix Suns game. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Have a good night.